Welcome to the Empower 21 Leadership Podcast. My name is Caleb Worley. I'm the director of Empower 21. And today we have a special guest with us, Daniel Kalinda. He is the CEO of Christ for All Nations. They do evangelistic outreaches across the continent of Africa and now throughout the world with over 10 offices in different destinations. And Daniel, we're so honored to have you with us Thanks, on the Empower 21 Podcast. It's a joy to be with you. You know, we like to hear people's story as we get into learning about some of the lessons maybe that God has shown you and what you've learned throughout the ministry history that you have long, extensive uh, time of ministry. So tell us a little bit, take us back to how did you get started in ministry? Wow. Well, I, I was born into a preacher's home. So you could kind of say I, I was born into it in a sense. Uh -huh. um, my father is a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor. My great grandfather was a pastor going back five generations on my father's side. My mother's father was a pastor. My wife's father was a pastor. So I've been thoroughly pastorized. Um, and so uh, I think everyone just assumed that I would become a pastor. That's what you did in my family. Uh, and I did do that. I, I pastored and planted churches, but I really had a burning desire in my heart for evangelism. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you want to make an evangelist miserable, force him to preach to people that are already saved. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how it was for me. And so um, I launched out and I began to do gospel crusades in the nations and through a long, very strange, divinely orchestrated series of events, I ended up working with Reinhard Bonnke. Wow. And um, when I went with him to Africa and I began to see these massive crowds of people getting saved and healed and delivered, I realized this is what I was created for and I've never looked back. Wow, that's amazing. You know, for those of you that may be listening to this, uh, you've probably heard some of the stories and I think that it's important to understand that you had a heart for this and didn't know what the door was that God was going to open. And he opened an amazing door. Now in some of the meetings, you've seen over a million people in, at one time in those meetings. Tell us just a little glimpse of what's it like in those settings when you're in Africa or you're in one of these countries and you see that sea of people. What, what, is, what does God show you in those moments? Well, I think the word for it is surreal. You know, it's like being inside of a movie with CGI graphics. You, you have a hard time believing what you're seeing in front of you is real. Yeah. And um, I think one of the major revelations that I had very early on in this process was that I, you know, I'd gone to one city with Evangelist Bonke and I'd, I'd heard a story. Evangelist Bonke told me the story as we were driving to the field in the car. He said, years ago, we, we discovered in a, in a museum an unpublished journal of the pioneer missionary, David Livingston. Mm -hmm. Now, for those that know David Livingston, he was a, a man who really opened up the continent for other missionaries to come. But what many people don't realize is that his ministry was very difficult, especially in the early years. Yeah. I'd read in one of his biographies, he said he'd only been able to lead one African to Jesus on a, on a journey, which in those days it was years sure. of work. And he was able to lead one person to Jesus. And he said, I'm not even sure about that one. Mm -hmm. And uh, Evangelist Bonke said, we, we, we saw in this journal, this unpublished journal, he wrote, we don't see very many conversions. There's very little light on our path. The people aren't interested in our message. And then he wrote, many years from now, other missionaries will come and they will have more light than we have. And when they preach, the lost will be converted in every meeting. And then he said these words, when that day comes, may they not forget us, the mm -hmm. watchmen of the night. And I, I got out of that car and I walked up the steps of the platform. And when my view widened in front of me, there I saw a crowd stretching to the horizon in every direction. I remembered what one of the pastors had told me the day before. He said, 
Here in West Africa, we have cemeteries dedicated to missionaries. Yeah. And many of the tombs have no names, only numbers. The number on the tombstone is the number of days that that missionary arrived when he uh, lived when he arrived on the African yeah. continent. And he said, and as I was standing there, I realized that we were walking down a trail that had been forged by the blood and tears and sacrifice of generations of righteous men and women that went before us, that this wasn't the result of clever publicity stunts and marketing schemes. Yeah. This was a season of harvest that we were stepping into. And I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit say to me, you dare not fail now in the season of harvest. So when I'm in those moments, I'm overwhelmed and gripped by the reality that this is a, a moment of history. Like Leonard Ravenhill said, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized during the lifetime of the opportunity. And we've got to seize this moment of harvest for Calvary's sake. Wow. You know, one of the things with Empower 21 is you've been involved in this journey, you know, pretty much the whole time. And it's been amazing to see how leaders are coming together. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what you do uh, with your ministry is collaboration, bringing in this person and the other person to for the same purpose yeah. of reaching the harvest. Tell us a little bit about this uh, this group of evangelists that I think is pretty phenomenal yeah. to see the people that are involved in the Global Evangelist Alliance that you're heading up. And just tell us a little bit about what's that all about? Yeah, well, the, the vision of Empower 21 is that every human being on earth would have an encounter with the Holy Spirit by the year 2033. Yeah. That doesn't give us a whole lot of time. Yeah. And the people that are on the front lines of, of that, the, the tip of the, seer, the spear, so to speak, are the evangelists. And this, this vision is never gonna to come to pass without the involvement of the evangelists. So what we've been commissioned to do by the Empower 21 committee is to pull together influencers in, in evangelism from all around the world, which we've done. We have representation here from all over the world. Some of the most uh, powerful voices in evangelism are represented in this group. And we wanna see every region, every nation, every city on earth that has members of this Global Evangelism Alliance that are winning the lost in their local regions and collaborating with others from all over the world to see this happen on a global scale. And so if anybody's watching or listening to this and you have a desire uh, to reach your world for Jesus, I hope that's everybody, but if you have a calling to evangelism, I wanna encourage you and welcome you and invite you to become a part of the Global Evangelism Alliance. Yeah, wow. You know, in order for the gospel to go out, it takes a person. Yeah. You know, God needs us. We're his hands and his feet. And I think about sometimes that as a leader, uh, we don't realize when we step up to the plate and tell the Lord what we're, we're going to do for it, we don't realize that there's actually a lot of learning in the process to do what God's called us to do. Maybe for those that are listening as a leader, what are one or two key things that you hold dear to your heart that when you're leading teams and groups and going after new regions, that as a leader you say, you know what, these are important to me and this is gonna help me to fulfill the task that God has called me to do? Well, one of the major ones is obedience. I think um, what, what we learn along the way is that one word from the Lord can save you 10 years of heartache and striving in the flesh. Wow. Um, when you're able to get a hold of what's on his heart and connect with that, mm -hmm. it makes everything not only easier, but much more fruitful. You look at some people like, you know, of course, Evangelist Bonke is like a spiritual father to me. Yeah. And you look at a, a man's life like his, he hasn't had more years than other people. He hasn't, you know, worked more hours than other people. We all have 24 hours in a day. Mm -hmm. And yet his life has been so fruitful. And from the outside, you might say, well, what was the secret to that? As someone who's close to him, I, I can tell you the secret is that 
instead of trying to come up with things for him to do for God, like you were kind of mentioning, yeah. his, what he's trying to figure out is what is God asking from me? Wow. Or what is God already doing? Mm. Let me connect with that thing and then I can't fail. Um, you know, coming from the, the church planting world, uh, I remember a season where uh, mission statements and vision statements were all the rage. And I, I had one pastor that told me he took his whole staff, a couple hundred people on a retreat and they went up to the mountains for a week. And he said, we agonized over every word of our mission statement. And then we prayed over it. We fasted for God to bless it. And I thought, that's great. But maybe an even better way would be to find out what is God doing? Yes. And why don't we get on board with that? And then we don't even have to fast and pray for it to be blessed. Yeah. It's blessed already. And we're blessed in the process because we got involved with what he's passionate about. And, you know, right now, the nations are on his heart. I really believe that we're entering into a season right now yeah. where the, the gift of the evangelist is being restored again to the church. We even heard it in our, in our um, meeting today. A couple of people prophesied about this. I've been saying this for over a year now, that God has been restoring different gifts to the body. Mm -hmm. You know, we've seen the prophetic gift restored. Yeah. We've seen the apostolic pastors. We've never seen things happening in the pastoral world like we've seen in the last season. But what God is doing right now is I believe he's restoring the gift of the evangelist. So this is the moment. If you're an evangelist, if you yes. have a, a passion for souls, if you want to be involved in the harvest, don't hesitate. Don't wait. This is our moment to rise. Man, that is so good. And in the midst of that, you know, sometimes we can consider what Jesus told us as his, you know, final statements to us as an option, yeah. right? What would you say to someone who is is contemplating, am I called to, to fulfill the Great Commission? Is that just for uh, someone who has the title? Or is that really for me as a believer? How would you speak to that? Because you guys had something recently, you're, in, you're involved in this collaboration called The Scent, yeah. where ministries came together. And what I loved about it was you challenged everyone. Mm -hmm. that You're called to be an evangelist. Yeah. And you challenged them, come together and let's go reach the world. Tell us a little bit about that and what you would say to that person who may not think, I'm, I'm not an evangelist. Yeah, well, I think the paradigm is shifting a little bit in our generation. <clears throat> we used to think of evangelists as um, very powerful men with big ministries who stood on platforms and, mm -hmm. and you know, thousands of people watched them and, and right. they gave altar calls and it, it was about these superstars. And I'm not saying that God is gonna, not gonna give us men who are sort of figureheads like that. I think that will always be the case. But what I really see happening is that God is putting this burden for evangelism on everyday ordinary people, people that don't have big ministries, they don't have lots of money, but their hearts burn to see their worlds one for Christ. That means their neighbors, their right. friends, their workplace. And, and you know what the amazing thing is, Caleb, is that I see those people sometimes getting more breakthrough and more miracles than the guys in professional evangelistic mm -hmm. ministry. Like, for example, we, we, we talk to the people about praying for the sick, you know, at their workplace, in the grocery store, at the yeah. gas station. And we're hearing testimonies of more amazing miracles that are happening in Walmart than what's happening in the events and on the platforms. And it really, to me, is like a sign. I, I mentioned earlier that what you want to do is find out what is God doing already and connect yeah. with that. This is what God is doing right now, is that he's pouring out his spirit. This should go without saying, we are all called to be evangelists, yeah. whether you're a pastor, a teacher, a housewife, you know, a, a businessman, a lawyer, we all are called to the Great Commission. But I think that a lot of people have not internalized that to the point that they realize I'm called mm -hmm. to take the gospel into my sphere of influence, wherever that is, not just to be a light, 
You know, we, we've heard that a lot, um, you know, friendship evangelism, which is mostly friendship and very little evangelism. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to be a positive influence. I'm going to represent the kingdom of God well. What we're seeing is that God is, is waking people up with the re revelation that they are called to bring the gospel of the kingdom with signs and wonders and miracles and yeah. the power of the Holy Spirit into their spheres of influence. And they're seeing the same kinds of miracles and breakthrough yes. and harvest that people that are doing it on big platforms in the nations. So I, I say once again, this is the time for the evangelist to rise. Wow. Now, if you're listening to us, uh, I hope you hear what, what, what you just shared is so powerful. It's, it's taking the Bible to the believer and the believer taking the word to the world helping them to understand their responsibility. And, and, you know, when Jesus said that statement, he said, these signs yeah. shall follow them to believe. It was in direct reference to whatever you are preaching or whatever you are living, whatever your message is. So I, I was talking with a pastor recently and he said, man, I'm not seeing signs and wonders in my ministry. I'm not seeing the miraculous. And I just thought to challenge him, what's your message? Because the message produces the results. And you see that in Africa, mm -hmm. you preach the message, you see the results, you see the hunger of the people. But what you're talking about is now there's this surge of people that really are being used by God in amazing ways. And I think in many ways, uh, your ministry, CFAN, is leading the way. God has positioned you guys as, as this benchmark of evangelism. And now you're gathering people together to really see the end time harvest that we're believing for. What are, you, what are you believing for over the next decade or so? What do you think God you know, wants to do? Uh, to phrase what you said, what does God want to do? What is he already doing? What do you think some of the things that you're, you're believing God's gonna do over the next few years? Well, I'll just speak to my own, my own context because I, I, I know that what God's doing in the kingdom is much, much bigger than me. I mean, and bigger than I even know about, but in our little world, He's really laid upon our hearts a desire to see a decade of double harvest. So what that means for us is we've seen 75 million documented decisions for Christ. Those are people ushered into local churches for follow-up. Mm -hmm. We've seen 75 million of those in 30 years. And now we, we've heard the Lord say, it's time to see that double. Mm -hmm. And so we're gonna see over the next 10 years, another 75 million, bringing that number to 150 million people. And uh, this is not just pie in the sky. It's not just something we're hoping for. Yeah. We really have a strategy to see this happen and it's happening already. But one of the outcomes of that is that we are going to launch 2000 evangelists during that 10 year window into their own ministries as well, bearing fruit in their own harvest fields. Sure. And so it's not just a matter of addition anymore, it's a matter of multiplication. And so once again, you know, I keep returning to this theme, but it really is what's in my heart, that this is the season where the evangelists are gonna arise. Yeah. And what that means to me is not that there's one or two Billy Grahams coming. What that means to me is that there is coming a movement of evangelists. I mean, I mean real evangelists, not yeah. just people that travel and preach, because that's what evangelism is. Business card doesn't count? No, no, no. I'm not talking about <laughs> just an itinerant minister. Sure. I'm talking about people that preach the gospel of salvation with, who are backed up by signs and wonders and miracles mm -hmm. and see breakthrough in regions and open up places for the church. I, I, I see that's coming. And the next 10 years you watch, 
it's going to be a decade of double harvest. I believe that. You know, why don't we just go ahead and pray right now? Because there are some leaders that are listening to this podcast or watching this, and maybe they're at a place they can't even see brightness on the horizon because of the darkness that's covering their eyes. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's hard to believe that God has hope for your future when you're in the midst of devastation. And I believe there might be some people listening that, that as you were sharing, they're stirred up on the inside. I want to be a part of that, but I can't even see it for my future. Why don't you just pray for them, speak faith over their lives, and let's believe God that he's calling many people that are listening right now. Yeah, you know, if you read Hebrews chapter 11, one of the things that just struck, stuck out to me is at the very end, describing all the lives of these very ordinary people, it says that by faith, they did several things. And one of the things that they did was this, they possessed promises. Yeah. By faith, they possessed promises. And here's what I see. I believe that God's promises are like fruit that's hanging on the tree. And just because it's been promised doesn't mean that it's gonna to come to pass. You have to reach out by faith and take that. And so as Caleb was mentioning, maybe there's some of you watching and you hear what we're saying and you're stirred in your heart, but you're not seeing the fruit of it in your life. You're not seeing the miracles. You're not seeing the breakthrough in salvations and harvest. I wanna challenge you right now to just push aside all of your skepticism, all of your cynicism, all of the failures of your past, and by faith, make a decision that you are gonna reach out whatever it takes whatever price that you have to pay, whatever it is that you've got to lay down or sacrifice for the sake of the prize, you're going to possess those promises and you're going to see the kingdom come in your world. And I just want to pray for you to that end. Father, in Jesus' name, yes. I pray for my brother, my sister that's watching. Lord, you see the desire of their heart to be mightily used by you. But Lord, they can't make that happen for themselves. But what they can do is by faith, they can connect with your promises and they can possess those promises in their life. I pray that you give them great faith, supernatural faith. Lord, I pray that you'd break off of them all of the shame of failure of the past or of regret. Lord, I pray that as, as the, it says in Hebrews 12, laying down every weight and every sin that so easily besets or ensnares us, that we would run with patience the race set before us. Lord, I pray for my brother, my sister, that you give them tremendous breakthrough, that you give them tremendous fruit in their ministries and in their lives. Lord, I pray for signs and wonders and miracles. I pray they begin to hear your voice speaking to them. Lord, I pray for dreams in the night. I pray for direction and vision and courage and faith to arise in their hearts. And may, at the end of the day, may they hear your voice saying, well done, good and faithful servant. I bless them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Daniel, thank you so much. Thanks, so powerful. And I want to encourage those of you that were listening to this or watching this, you can get more information uh, about Empower 21 and what's happening, empower21.com or on social media at E21. Uh, and we just are so glad that you're tuning in. Be encouraged. God has a great plan for your life. And don't worry about what you're going through because there's hope on the horizon.